Hello. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Star Bros Podcast. I'm joined by my bro host, Ben Skywalker. Was that your spoopy voice? <laughs> that, was, that was my Darth Yon Solo. <laughs> this is the month of October. It's a good time to get the spoopy voice out. Your yes. Dark, your Dark Yon Solo? Yes. I'm joined, as always, by my bro host, Dark Yon Solo. And uh, as you can probably tell, we're going to be keeping it a little bit spooky this episode. That's Actually, true. both the episodes this month. Both of them. Um, so it's October. It's spoopy season, as mm-hmm. people like to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about some Sithy stuff. And uh, Very next Sithy. time around, we're going to be talking about more spoopy stuff, but we're not going to give all of that away yet. Yep. Um, but how are you, bro? How are you doing? I'm, I'm not feeling Sithy. That's good. I'm excited to talk about it, but I'm I'm doing great. I'm I guess just glad that's to good. Here. It's I'm in your new house. Yes, this is my. So the last Welcome. two times you've come to my new house, and now I'm coming to your new house. Welcome. And might I add, it's feeling very sithy here today too. Yes. Tell tell us why. Yeah, we've got um, a fake fireplace, and <laughs> you can change the color of the coals in the fake fireplace, and they're just glowing red. Yes. Perfect for Halloween. Perfect for this time of year, and perfect for. A Sithy conversation. By the way, as I was reading this book, it kind of matches the color of the book, by the way. Yeah. Now, just a little bit. Now, this is more maroon or burgundy. I don't know my colors. What am I kidding myself? Um, but I was, uh, as I was reading the book this time, I kept feeling like I was hearing evil cackling, you know, somewhere in the corner of my brain, like Palpatine was just cackling in my mind. And I'm mm-hmm. just going, oh, this is scary. I don't know if I should be reading this. <laughs> it is a little bit creepy, but that, I guess is. that's what we're going for, right? And that's what the book was going for, and that's uh-huh. what the season's all about. That is. So, yeah, it is nice that it is October. And it's funny because I'm not much of a Halloween person. Like, I, I haven't dressed up for Halloween since eighth grade, maybe earlier. What, what, what did you go out as in eighth grade? I don't remember. That's, like, how bad it was. Do you remember any of your costumes? Uh, None. Okay. No, I think once I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I once was in middle school, I was like a dead football player and my sister was a dead cheerleader. It was basically, she. <laughs> I was a football player at the time, she was a cheerleader at the time, and we made ourselves look dead okay. in our proper attire. Cool. And that was it. Cool. That was the last thing I remember, though, huh. uh, dressing up as. Like, there was once in, in um, when I was a senior in high school... Where you know, Lord of the Rings had just come out, everyone was really excited about that, and uh, I went to a get together, a party that was supposed to be themed like dress up as your favorite celebrity or something like that, and like people were decked out to the nines, like they were just really going for oh, it. Oh yeah, I had just gone back from a haircut and was wearing a nice, cool polo or something, and show up to the party, and they go who are you supposed to be? <laughs> just as my normal self, and I just Lord of the Rings just came out, so I went. Elijah Wood. <laughs> and they just <laughs> looked at me like, yeah, I see it. I went, wow, is that easy? Cool. Let me in. <laughs> I should do this more often. Wow. Yeah. So I, I just went the whole night just going, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Elijah Wood. So I don't know. That's that's So my point being, I don't get too into a lot of Halloween. I do enjoy it with my kids, take them around sure. trick-or-treating and stuff like that. But... I'm really loving our Halloween specials. Me too. Like the fact that we make a big deal about Me it. Me too. At least twice now that we've done this. Right. Um, and so we are on, uh, we're on quite the streak. 
And I'm the same way. I'm not really into Halloween. Like you can see, like we're not, I don't think we're really going to decorate very much around the house or anything like that. You'll probably get some trick-or-treaters though. I think we will. I think we will. And I'll be ready. I'm going to get some candy. I'm going to, I'm going to put a big bowl outside after I get too tired of handing it out. (laughs) Um, Let some kid sort of clean that out. Um, It might just be the first kid that comes to it. (laughs) It might be, it might be, but I saw this really sweet video the other day and it was apparently from a couple Halloweens ago because last year these poor kids didn't get a chance really to go out because sweet as in awe or sweet as in that's cool. As in, as in awe. Okay. Okay. That kind. (laughs) uh, A bunch of kids went to a house, like the house had like a ring doorbell where you could, uh, anytime there was motion, it would record and these kids came by and the bowl was already empty. And so it was like some older kids who I guess didn't want the younger kids to be disappointed. So all, the older Dude. kids took all took some candy out of their bags and put it in the bowl. That, oh, you sent me. I remember that video. Did I send you that? You sent this to me. I mostly send you videos of people falling down and things like that. But. Yeah, you sent me one today about a man whose wife left to who, who <laughs> wife left him with the kids, and she really just went to the grocery store, and it had been fourteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically like, "How I carry on? I don't yeah. know." Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, I, I, I'm not a huge Halloween guy. I'm definitely, I'm not a horror movie guy. Oh, that, me neither. That's not my thing. It's cool if that's your thing. Um, not, well, we were just having a whole conversation at dinner time about how I would pass out at most stuff. Yeah, we had a really nice conversation over cheesesteaks about <laughs> fainting. It, we were very stereotypical Philadelphians. <laughs> yeah, we today. totally were. We totally were. But, um, but I'm not hugely into Halloween. But I do kind of like learning more and digging into the dark side on uh, whether it's in this book or in the movies or whatever it might be. Um, I, I'm open to learning a little bit more about the Sith and mm-hmm. all that cool stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about the episode tonight. Hopefully we do our bro host, Tommy, proud. Yeah. Because he's a really big fan of everything Sith. Yep. Not because he's, you know, the dark and broody kind of guy, but like he just like most people really likes the the lore of it, you know? He likes the lore and I'm I'm kinda getting into it too. And he he's kind of the guy who like holds the key to all the holocrons. Like, yes, that's he's, true. He's got it down. <laughs> um so hopefully we can do him proud tonight for sure. Yes, let's hope so. But before we get to that segment, mm-hmm. we need to go through our first segment. News from across the galaxy. <laughs> 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 I did not see that one coming. Me neither. I surprised myself. <laughs> That's even better, right? It's always good when you can make yourself laugh. Yes. Right. Uh, I do that actually too often sometimes. Like I'll just start laughing and Susan be like, what? And I was like, I just thought of something funny. <laughs> well, I guess it's good if there are other people around. When when you're just cackling to yourself at home alone, That that's when we need to yeah, possibly they, check on you. They, they aren't um, Joey Palp calcs. No. <laughs> We need to put that on a t-shirt. I just came up with that thought in my head. No, what news do we got? (laughs) All right, we got a couple things. So it wasn't a crazy busy week for Star Wars news, but there's always something going on. It's a big universe out there. Crazy busy. We just got two things on Disney Plus Star Wars related. True. We're kind of spoiled, remember? We're spoiled. You're right. So it's been it's been a week since something new has come out and we're just (laughs) like, man, there's really nothing going on. It's the calm after the storm. Right. But the first one that I'll call out that I'm really, really excited about is uh, our friend Carl Weathers, who plays Grief Karga on the excellent television series, Emmy award-winning television series, The Mandalorian. Um, Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Well, (laughs) he tweeted yesterday that today is going to be his first day on set for The Mandalorian season three. He tweeted yesterday that today. Yep. Okay. So for all those keeping track at home, that's yesterday. Yes. Which is Tuesday. Yes. 
Yes. Are, are you looking for a, like a hole in my story here? No, I'm just trying to help our listeners figure out with, <laughs> well, how, you know. I feel like I'm talking to a detective who's going to crack the case. Take me through it one more time. So yesterday Sherlock was Tuesday. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. But um but that's a good sign, right? Like uh you know, for a little bit we were hearing about Andor, we were hearing about Kenobi, and we were hearing about all the cool stuff going on, but I felt like there was a little fat. What's that? Book of Boba Fett coming out. Oh, yeah, right. Book of Boba Fett. But I felt like I didn't hear much about uh, The Mandalorian Season 3 for a little bit. And here we go. The cast members are tweeting that they're yeah. going on set. And my, my wife just turned to me yesterday and was like, when's Season 3 coming out? Because she was feeling the itch. Like, yeah. we got Season 2 a year ago this time. It was October or so when I think the first episode dropped. So it's officially been a year since we got some Mandalorian. And... We're all feeling the the, the that itch, the, the the hunger for some more. So, um, but but what does this mean though? Does this mean that, that we're not going to get the series until like next, next fall? year? I think I, I think Book of Boba Fett is the, you know, what's going to keep us satiated until we get to uh, season three. Yep. So, um, the one thing that I also remember reading was that, uh, oh goodness, Mandalorian. What's mm-hmm. his name? Actor. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Pedro. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I kept wanting to say Pablo, but I was like, no, that's Pablo Hidalgo. No, no, no. Whose birthday other... it was yesterday. It was. That's why it was on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yes. no, that's the other one. Feliz cumpleaños. Yeah. Uh, I don't... What? That was not... That's happy that birthday. That wasn't Arabesh. What was that? <laughs> Sorry. I, I forget how you say it in Sith. But... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know. Yeah. How do you... I just said happy birthday. What are you talking about? <laughs> Um, thought you were gonna turn me into a frog, but uh, no, yeah, Pedro Pascal. He uh, apparently is still finishing up on um, the The Last of Us the on Last HBO. Us. Yep. yep, and so he's not going to be joining for a little bit. But everyone's like, "Oh, but that's okay. He's under a mask most of the time anyway. Just shoot the scenes with the stunt double. He should be fine." But I was thinking about that, and I, I'm, I feel like uh, Pedro brought a, a, an acting skill when he oh, was. Yeah under all that armor yeah he still brought a, a swagger the way like the way he walked the way he communicated uh with, with his motions and and uh you know body language yeah that is something that i'm sorry but a, a stunt double can't duplicate so hopefully they don't com- it doesn't completely feel like it's not him in there you know what i mean yeah that's totally fair and i i, I agree i think um i especially liked and i can't remember if this was a conversation in the gallery but i really like the subtlety of motion like it was the gallery yeah yeah that's right like he would just give a gentle ned uh, head nod a, like a light gesture with his hand a little bit of turning of the torso like really just thoughtful careful stuff and um I think like anybody can go big, but I think the really talented actors do subtlety really well. And I imagine when he was pitched that role, he was like, so let me get this straight. You're never going to see my face. <laughs> How am I going to act? Like, what do you need me to do? Yeah. So that, that That's the moment at which he was t- starting to take ownership of it and, yeah. and trying to figure out how he can still hone his craft or show his, uh, uh, you know his prowess and bring this character to life for people with without you being able to see his face which again that is a it's a critical piece to be able to see somebody's face and and react to like yeah. see how they're emoting and things like that 
and and the other actors have to play off of him, right? As he's right. as he's not emoting, and you can't see his eyes and things like that. So listen to the speak look for actors. <laughs> this is <laughs> like, we know what we talk about. This is inside the Bros Actor Studio. Um, <laughs> we know nothing about acting, and it shows. Yeah, why go to Juilliard when you can come to the School of the Star Bros? Right, you can come and sit in my basement in Pennsylvania. Somebody asked me the other day. Totally changed the subject. Sorry. Some uh, somebody at work asked me, and I loved the question. It was because uh, I like rock music, right? Uh-huh. Uh and, and I think it came up in a conversation that uh, my what first concert. What bands do you like? Oh, I mean, I like Linkin Park's one of my favorite. Uh, what else? Um, Limp Biscuit for our friend Chris. No. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that with a straight face, you looked me right in the eye and said Limp Biscuit, and I was like, "Hang on a second, <laughs> hang on, wait." I'm not gonna lie. I listened to them growing up. I right. do not anymore. I listen to one song now. I'm like, that's basically all I can do. Everybody did. Everybody did. Uh, yeah. Like 100,000 people went and saw them at Woodstock or whatever. And then they yeah. burnt the place down because they were embarrassed and ashamed of themselves. <laughs> Burn the stage. Uh, <laughs> no, so like, I mean, Lincoln Park was one I grew up with and they, their music still lives strong to this day at My Chemical Romance. Uh, I like a lot of punk rock. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite bands now is... Oh gosh, what's their name? Uh, All time low. Mm-hmm. So it it's a myriad okay. of uh, different rock bands. It's a good SAT word. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I was going for. I just <laughs> say satiated today, emote. <laughs> I'm all over the board. Oh my gosh, wow. Uh, the vocab words. But anyway, uh, somebody somebody at work asked you about Limp Bizkit or something. No, no, no. I mentioned that my first concert was Creed. Oh wow! And, and so they asked me. <laughs> I know. And so they asked me like, "Who's Creed?" I went, "It's because well, like." Somebody else on the team was like, I'm sorry that that was actually your first concert. I was like, I get it. I've, I've heard that every time I say this. Wow. Uh, but somebody else on the team goes, so wait, uh, who's Creed? What's the big deal? I explained to them, like, Creed was one of those that you either loved them or you hated them. One of those things. Mm-hmm. And she goes to me, so is it bad that the only thing I know about rock music is for all from the movie The School of Rock? And I went... You know what? That covers a lot of bases. I'll give that to you. Yeah, it, it <laughs> totally not? does. It it's totally does. Um, School of Star Bros is just like that. Yeah, I can't believe that that was your first concert. Was that in Michigan? That was in Michigan. Yeah, wow. on my 16th birthday. Cool. And one of the warm-up bands was signing autographs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stereo Fuse was the name of the band. Mm-hmm. And I went afterwards. They were signing autographs, so I went over, bought a CD, and it was like, "Hey, you guys are great." My sister was with me. She goes, "It's his birthday!" And so the whole band sang "Happy Birthday" to me. That's awesome. And I got the all four of them signing it and writing "Happy Birthday." Huh? And I still had that CD. I saw it the other day. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I heard an interesting thing about Scott Stapp the other day, who's the singer of Creed. Yes. <laughs> okay. One interesting thing. Yeah. So apparently, you know. Uh, a lot of people don't really know who Creed is at this point, especially the younger folks. Yes. Um, they're kind of lost in the sands of time or most, whatever. Most of our listeners have just turned the podcast yeah. off now. Like, I don't know who they're talking about anymore. But anyway, Star Wars? we're going to get back to Star Wars in a second. But Promise. I read that he lives somewhere in Southern Florida and he still, he goes to like nightclubs and stuff in Miami with a huge uh, security detail with him that accompanies him. Really? Yes. And the question was, does he think that he's still that famous? Because I think there was a time where he probably was. Oh, yeah. There was a time where they were selling out arenas all over the world, but not They've now. They've got some hit songs. Hit, yeah. Big songs. I'm not saying, like, I think they're hits. Like, no, they made the Now albums that yeah. kind of hit. 
That's a good. That's a good gauge a good of how right? popular something is. Yeah, but apparently, I was alive when the first Now album came out. Keep going. But he's. I think he still thinks that he's that famous, and it's been a long time yeah. since he's been that famous. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but this is a Star Wars podcast. What is this about? What do we talk about um, every week? The War of uh, La Guerra de las Galaxias. What? The War of the Stars. Yeah, yeah. War. Yeah. And uh, apparently Scott Stapp is one of them. <laughs> yeah, he is one of the stars. Um, Stapp or Sapp? Stapp. Stapp. Okay. I can't remember. See, yep. and I'm a fan. Whatever. Um, other news. <laughs> Let's get to something else. You mentioned Carl Weathers. The Ronin book came out. Yes. So we got Visions a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We are, you'll go back and listen to uh, our podcast talking all about Visions. Uh, the book for the first episode, which was titled The Duel, right, uh, has a book now that's out uh, called, called Ronin, and you can buy it now. Uh, it's available wherever you get your books. So uh, I actually kind of want to get this one personally. And, and we were talking like, I'm so far behind on yeah. books, but this might be one that jumps up because I've heard so many great things. It was such a great story. Great story. And this sounds kind of like the story of a, a rogue Jedi, a rogue someone like, yeah, I, I just have to know yeah. his background. Yeah. So I'm excited about this one. That sounds like a really cool one. Um, it's not a manga. I thought it was going to be, but You're it's right. a novel. And mm-hmm. again, well, I, I think, you know, visually stunning, but a really cool story. Sounds like he is kind of uh, just a wandering Jedi who does, he's sort of like a lone wolf type character who does whatever he wants to do. And um, I guess this is the story that perhaps shows us some of his origin, but also uh, whatever major conflict he kind of gets roped into, just like he did in the duel. So yeah, um, I, I, I was very surprised when I went on Amazon and there were only five reviews thus far. Oh, really? Yeah. I would have thought mm. that um, there there would have been, you know, 10 times that. Give it time. Yeah. It's going it, to it, It'll pile up. That's yeah. true. Um, but people are usually pretty good about, you know, hitting four or five stars really quickly when they're reading something. Yeah. True. Um, but yeah, it's still, it's it, like, it just came out. It's early on. But I, I think it's a, it, it bodes well for us fans of Visions. Like, there mm-hmm. could be more and more material coming from these stories that we kind of really quickly fell in love with. Yeah, I, I, I keep thinking back to them, like, I need to just rewatch them again. I've, I've watched them now, Yeah, I think each of them at least twice, maybe three times. So, but but they're they're so short. Yep. You can just kind of, like, throw one on real quick and be like, I just really want to watch the story again. Real quick. Let me do this. It's the same as like watching an episode of The Office real quick. But mm. You can get two mm-hmm. of them in instead of just one. I've I've watched all of them now in Japanese, and I started to watch them in English too. Okay, see, and, and that's I I broke everybody's rule of watch it in Japanese first, and I went straight to English. I, that that's fine. There's no rule. Yeah, I know, but like everyone's like, I need to get the authentic feel, and I'm just like. I want to understand what's happening. Who talks like that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I do. People who listen I to Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Stomping around, <laughs> just breaking stuff around the house, and now we're back to Limp Biscuit break Again, stuff. You're welcome, Chris. <laughs> you did that on purpose. Right. Um, all right, so that one's another piece of news. What else did we get? Uh, art of so we're talking about visions. They announced that there's an Art of Star Wars Visions book that is going to come out, similar to the Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi, all the ones that they've been releasing as of late, which I'm excited about. I might get that because that could be that could be the coolest one yet. Yeah, it could be. Like the art would be completely different. I, I wonder if it's done by the same group, like the the. the um, the art studio at Lucasfilm or 
I, or if it's done by the studios that produce these, like who's, who actually did the artwork? Of I'm, this, I'm you know? guessing it's the studios that actually produce the content yeah. that we ended up seeing, but there could be some stuff from Disney Lucasfilm that was really early concept art about where yeah. they thought they were going to go directionally. That might be in there, but um, given the variety of the different stuff that we got to see in visions, like that book could be a great read. Yeah. And and I believe it'll, it'll be just in time for the holidays, so you can throw that on uh, your your wish oh, list perfect. if you would like. Um, I still got to get through my Mandalorian one though. I got the Art of Mandalorian Ooh. last year. Yeah. and I haven't finished it yet. Yeah, like we said, behind on our books. I know, and and we were just talking before uh, we started recording, and I just knew that if I were to get the Ronan book now. I know where it would go on my bookshelf because I'm reading a series of books in sequence and it's like number eight or nine. So yeah, it's there. It's, we just got to get through it. Yeah. yeah. And as we'll bring up the, again, later on the theme of we've been busy lately. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, lots to get through. Uh, what else is in the news? That's a good question. I don't know. Is there anything? <laughs> it, it was acquired in week. So maybe this is, this is the one other thing that I thought I'd bring up. So, it was acquired week, and in my search for some news, I came across and said, you know how Google does that thing sometimes where it's like, hey, you like Star Wars. Here's some articles out there. And you scroll through the list, and you're like, I don't need to read about half of the stuff that they that they put in front of me. Most of the time, it's like, why did why did Lucas sell the rights after all? Like, the true story. I'm Kathleen like, Kennedy, what was she thinking? <laughs> yeah, I'm like... What are we publishing, guys? Are you just trying to keep in front of us, like because it, and put Star Wars on it and and say it's news? Like, no, yeah. it's not. Yeah, you're just covering things that we already covered five years ago. Yep. All right, move on. But then there was something that caught my attention. It was like a new order to watching the um, the trilogies. Oh, do tell. Oh, I know. And this is okay. This is a fun topic amongst a lot of fans, mm-hmm. right? How should you watch the movies? Mm-hmm. What is your typical answer to that? Um, I think you should uh, get a comfy blanket and lay down <laughs> and make some popcorn. Okay, you're you're not following me. <laughs> Keep going. Um, and uh, if you have a pet, get your pet. Uh, they make good uh, movie watching companions. Does my gigapet mean, did, count? Huh? Does my gigapet count? Yes, your okay. gigapet. What year is it? Nineteen ninety nine. Um. Or do you, did you mean what order you should watch the films in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's right. what I meant. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> here, here's my take on it and, uh, it happens to be the right one. So whatever. Ooh, see, here we go. This is why <laughs> we're showing all the fans out there why this is so contentious. So I, I happen to think that you should watch them in release order. Agreed. Really? Oh yeah. All right. I don't think there's the only other one I've heard is like the chronological. And I, think I think you should that's... do that next. I think you should watch it in release order. And then if you want to try that, by all means, do whatever you want. It's your life. I don't judge you. Yeah. But what you want, but I will say if you re- watch them in the way that they were intended, you will understand the story better and what, and how we all experienced it. Everybody yes. experienced it, yeah. right? Like everyone went into the prequel trilogy knowing that Anakin was going to become Darth Vader. Right. On, on the poster, which is still one of my favorite movie posters oh, yeah. of all time, it's little Anakin casting Darth Vader's shadow. It's one of my favorites. It's awesome. But you're like, they're telling you right there what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Because it's not, we all knew. It, it's not foreshadowing. It was a story we wanted to see play out. Yeah. That was what we got. But if you're watching it without that context, 
of what came before it, then, uh, you know, is it the same experience? I don't I, know. So it again, this is for someone new coming to the franchise. Yeah. I always say, watch it in the order it was released. It was intended to be viewed because yeah. that is how you will get the story the way it was in, the way it was told. And, and and by the way, we're we're being a little tongue in cheek when we say that this is the right way. Like, yeah, we're 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 not we're not particularly um, opinionated on this stuff, and and we know that there's room for other um, interpretations. Ours just happens to be right. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, get off my back about it. <laughs> no, so, all right, so this one was called like the Spaghetti Order or something? The Spaghetti Order. Which I'm like, okay, you've intrigued me, but here's what it is. So you start with A New Hope, and I'm like, all right, you're off to a good start. Thank you. Next would be Rogue One. Huh? Yeah, weird. But I like that if I thought about it. I'm like, okay, so I just got done watching A New Hope, uh-huh. and a Rogue One is right before that. So let me just get the, let me kind of see what happens that leads up to new hope. Okay. I like that. It just fits in with like how I've been experiencing the viewing so far. So, all right, you already got me sold. Then third would be empire strikes back. Yes. So you're back on track with the chronological. Then you're like WTF Mm -hmm. or Darth Vader is Luke's father. What? I don't get it. Tell me more. Then you basically go and watch the prequels. Are you laughing at me over there? (laughs) Yes. Wait, you go, you watch the prequels before Return of the Jedi. Yes. And I think this is the idea behind it was uh, you watch Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. It was, let me show you now, now that you know this about Darth Vader, that there's a history there. He's not just this evil half machine, half man guy. Mm -hmm. He's, there's a big story back there. Let's go and tell you that story and the tragedy of Darth Vader. Okay. Okay. I can buy into that. Okay. Because then right after that is Return of the Jedi. Okay. And so now you get to see the resolution of the tragedy and it's fresh Mm. in your mind. So I kind of like that. And then after that, it's still the same. It's Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. Boom. Okay. So it's. I like that. We should tweet that. We we should. Yeah. Let's do that after this. At StarburstPodcast.com. There is no dot com. That's, that no is from, that's a rest of development. <laughs> that's an arrest of development quote right there. Deep cut. Anyway, what do you think of that? I think that's actually kind of cool. I didn't expect to like that as much as I did. Um, I didn't I, either. I'm following the logic. I, I like the creativity. Um, and it goes to show that there are new and different ways to continue to experience Star Wars movies. Yeah. And this guy seemed to be pretty definitively sold on that being the right order. I didn't get the guy's name, though. What What is his... Um, is he like a journalist? Is he a blogger? Is oh. he just a fan? It was on my Google feed. Interesting. Yeah. I just clicked it because if it was one of those, usually they're clickbait. And this was one of those. I went, oh, this is actually something I would want to, I'll want to read. And ge- I, walked I was just away thinking, enjoyed. generally speaking, my Star Wars opinions don't end up on like the front page of Google. If you search like Star Wars news. Yeah, mine don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I search Star Bros long enough, our, our eventually like our podcast will show up every Maybe, single time. Maybe eventually. You know? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, is that it for news? I think that's it for news. The Halloween special came out. We'll talk about that next week. Next time we're yeah. going to, we're going to talk all about the Lego Halloween special. Yeah, yeah, that was it. All right. Segment two. More, More to the story. Say that again. I, 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 I stepped on your toes there. No, it was good. I, I liked, I liked both of us doing it at the same time. It was the rule of two. We it both was the spoke rule at once. of two. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we are going to dive into the, not the, there's no the on this. Book of Sith. Book of Sith. So maybe first point of business. 
Or are we going to talk in a deep voice the rest of the time? I don't know if I can keep that up. I'll probably need a lozenge. Uh, <laughs> so the first What's point the of, French word for lozenge? I don't know. Uh, that's a great question. I will get back to you. Great. <laughs> so the uh, Book of Sith. Yes. Now, you and I have been very busy lately, and right. therefore we didn't both, like most people in book clubs like we were talking about, we didn't get to finish the entire book. So we split it up, and you read the first half, and I read the second half. Yes. And so we will cover it all, but... We'll do our best. You're going to talk about... Yeah, exactly. We'll do our best. So you're going to talk about the parts you read. I'll talk about what I read, and we'll kind of riff off of that. Yeah. So you read the first half of this. Yeah. So let's start there. What did, what, what did uh, the first half of the book cover? Well, let, let's talk about the book itself first. Um, oh, you want to go that far out? Yeah. Zoom out even further. Um, zoom in way out. And th- th- this is the companion episode to the first Bros Book Club episode where we talked about the Jedi Path. That's right. And the Jedi Path, that book was kind of a manual for... Um, Force-sensitive beings who want to become Jedi and bring light to the galaxy. And now this is the other end of the spectrum. Now, the cool thing about it, too, Mm -hmm. as you go into that really deep, evil voice, is it's not a manual like the Jedi book was. It's not. It is all the secrets of the Sith that have been saved over the years Mm -hmm. that I think um, Palpatine put together and said, here's some important pieces to know about the history of the Sith mm-hmm. and where we come from. And basically like this is all that remains because it is an ancient religion and there weren't all these different, uh, you know, people to, to save and, and archive all of it. It was always about two people. Yeah. And I'm sure they played rock, paper, scissors to figure out who's going to be the historian of the group. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's not how it went. So there wasn't there. It's like, there wasn't much to go off of. Here's right. what remains. It, of the religion of the Sith. It's pieced together. So it's it's an, a beautiful hardbound book um, with this kind of uh, dark maroon cover. And then if you look at the edge of the pages, the edge of the pages are tattered and, and sort of decorated in different ways. And they're broken up into sections as if somebody picked up pieces of paper from six different books of different sizes with different colored paper, etc. Right, just, they're not uniform. They're not uniform and they bound them together in one volume. Right. And that's essentially what this is. This was the work of um, Darth Sidious, who I always thought, I always thought Darth Sidious looked a lot like uh, that one senator. What's his name? Palpatine. Yeah. Like, kind of like does. Eerily similar. Yeah. How but, does that happen? Um, but basically, uh, <laughs> one of the things that I really liked about the Jedi path that they carried over to this book is what they call the marginalia. And marginalia is a term that I learned at a library years ago for the little notes that people scribble into the margins of books. And apparently people have been doing this as long as there have been books. So there was some uh, thing at a library in New York where I lived at the time that showed that, you know, people in ancient Egypt would scribble notes in the margins of really important manuscripts and doodle and put their own opinions in and things like that. So this is something that's been going on for a long time. And it's something that shows up in this book. All of them do that. Yeah. It's yep. been great. All of them do that. And it, uh, just like the Jedi path, it kind of shows the story of these manuscripts exchanging hands. Yeah. So at a certain point, yes, the, the book starts out with a preface from Darth Sidious himself, uh, 
kind of touting his accomplishments of being able to pull together all of these documents. But there's also notes in the margin from like Luke Skywalker, Mace Windu, Yoda. And because at one point they got a hold of the pages. At one point they did. And then when the Jedi were purged. Yes. Then Sidious got a hold of them again. Yep. And so he was able to amass them and put them, the, collate them into the book. Yep. So that's that's how he got them. And then eventually Luke got them. Eventually Luke got them. And, and the note, I'll read the note um, that's on the first page in the preface from Darth Sidious. And Luke wrote in the margin, Emperor Palpatine kept many secrets in his storehouse, including a chamber that went undetected until 24 ABY. That's after the Battle of Yavin. So after Return of the Jedi. So far, only Leia, Mara, and I know about the book. I want to make sure it's not dangerous before sharing it with the historical council. So that, to me, is probably um, one of the last entries of, hey, we found this thing, and I just want to make sure that it's not full of stuff that is too crazy. Um, but it just goes to show that uh, what what this book is is a really nice, um, almost like dramatic adaptation of what a Sith manual would have looked like if somebody tried to collect a whole bunch of different sections and piece them together. Right. If it existed. Yeah. If, if it existed, which, it, but it doesn't really read like a manual. And that's where maybe I'd say, Hey Luke, go ahead and share this because as a history lesson, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And it doesn't really shed too much light. I mean, it's all fictional, right? But it, it doesn't shed too much light on like how they accomplished right. th- their rituals and things like that. It's more just, these are our ways. Yeah. This is our uh, dedication to our craft. And, right. And so it could be influential to somebody. Like if they read the the last section where Palpatine's describing his, his uh, uh, the way that he manipulated his way to creating the Empire mm-hmm. and to overthrowing the Republic. So like, it can be useful. It can be useful to someone who wants to do that. Like, say, you know, to establish, I don't know, let's just call it a First Order or mm-hmm. something like that. Something like um, that. See what I did there? I see that. Thank you. But like then it could be used for those nefarious agendas. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. Um, but a lot of it is kind of historical context of where did we come from as Seth? And especially in the beginning part, because it goes way back. It goes back to 7,000 BBY. Mm-hmm. 7,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, which is like way before even... I wasn't the, born then. Right. You weren't around. Creed was just getting started. <laughs> and we, like, this, this is way before even, um, what's it called? Uh, the High Republic, which we're yep. enjoying these days. That so, was just 200 years yeah. BBY, right? Yeah. So this, this, is, this is ancient, ancient history. Um, and basically where the book starts is about the exile of the Sith. Mm, yeah. And it sounds like the, and, and again... Not all canon anymore, but there's stuff in here that seems to remain canon. Um, about 7,000 years ago, it sounds like the Jedi pushed the Sith out to the furthest reaches of the galaxy. Yep. And in that time, there are a couple of interesting conflicts, especially internally, which I think is a theme throughout all of Sith history. Um, but these are formative years. They're, these are formative years where they really start to document and connect with the dark side of the force which by the way is referred to as bogan yep in the book which i love seeing that and ashla right yes yep which you i, I think you know we talked about 
ages ago about the different versions of the story that we expected to maybe see and when they were working on the original drafts of Star Wars. But I always think I always like seeing the word bogan because in Australia, it's kind of a, a not nice term for somebody who is uneducated. Right. right. You like it's, that. <laughs> like Randy would be a bogan. Yeah. Randy, you're such a bogan. <laughs> uh, so it's cool to see that. But um, right away, like right away, it starts to get really, really dark. Yeah. Some and pretty dark artwork, too. Really dark artwork. And I'm looking at one of the things now that, that happens early on that I think is, is kind of worth talking about a little bit. And it got me reflecting on the idea that on the light side of the Force, the Jedi certainly respect that the force kind of flows through all living things and uh, connecting with that, you know, kind of makes you one with all living things. And like that, that's kind of a cool transcendent idea, but the Sith right on, on page 14 in the book, talk about manipulating life using mm-hmm. the dark side yeah, and manipulating it in some pretty dark ways and, and what they describe and they have a pretty colorful picture of is this idea of a leviathan. Did you read this part? I, I was I think so, yeah. Well the the, the picture is certainly eye catching, but um basically the old Sith, and again we're going back, um th- this is sixty nine hundred BBY. Uh the old Sith uh the I'll I'll read I'll I'll read uh Mace Windu's comment on here. The Sith perversion of all living things violates the very essence of the force. Life creates it, allows it to tap its potential. We obey its will, not the other way around. We are parts of the organism, not its breeders. In the end, we are living beings too. Mm, yeah. And basically what uh, the, the Sith created were, were these giant monsters that were both massively physically intimidating, but could eat the life force out of people. Yeah, that's freaky. Creepy. There's even a line on this page where it says something about the ability to swallow spirits and store those life energies in skin blisters. Sounds terrible. I mean, this this is our Hall- pre-Halloween episode. Yep. I think we're getting as spoopy as we can. That's getting pretty creepy. That. But like Yoda's line on this page is pretty amazing too. Mm. And, that, and he says, unbearable it is to be a creature thus changed. To, the, to end their lives, mercy it sometimes is. Yes. Which is crazy to hear Yoda speak like that. Yes. Yoda is basically saying these things are an abomination and they should be put to sleep. Yeah. But, it's okay to end their lives, actually. Yes. Because how, it, it must be tortured to even be them. Yeah. So we're being merciful. Like, whoa, that's, that's a very extreme view is what some people would say, right? It's and very and you heavy. Can, you can imagine why it would attract the ire of uh, eventually someone named Palpatine who's yeah. like, I don't like the way you think about what I believe or something, you know, and, and like yeah. creates this t- sort of rift. So yeah, pretty dark, very dark. And, and the whole thing of the rift is interesting throughout because as I'm reading the, the way, way, way backstory, the ancient history of the Sith, it's interesting to me that they bothered to kind of document this stuff. Yeah. When when I think when I think of the Sith, I think of kind of self-serving, you know, think of the rule of two, uh, not really worried about the future as much, um, unless it's the immediate future where you benefit in some way. 
like you consolidate power as the Sith Lord or whatever. But yeah. So why were they why were they documenting the stuff for posterity? And in some cases, I I think it is I think one of the things that's really clever about the book is in some cases they are documenting, but they're also talking bad about Darth whoever who came before them who they didn't get are. it right. They slander each other like crazy. Like crazy. And so maybe that was part of the the uh, reason for documenting stuff is because they get to write down that so-and-so is an idiot and I got it right. And well, then that person gets cut down. The next person writes the same <laughs> version of it. But that's exactly how the Sith operate. I mean, at the very beginning, there was one one page. It was on page 20, I remember reading. Um, and I don't... It was like they were talking about a couple of the people, the rulers or something... Yes. Before them, let me let me see if I can find it. Uh, oh, this was about the caste system and stuff. Yeah, uh, basically, at one point, here it is. It says, uh, "Ajunta Paul, who is our Dark Lord, uh, force willing, his reign will be short." <laughs> yes, <laughs> like there, he's literally saying, like, force willing is their way of saying, like, uh, we hope that. Yeah, right. It's uh. Or, or as we would say, God willing, right? Yeah. Uh, we hope that his reign is short. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> they're writing about people who are on the same side. Yeah, you're you're basically my teacher, and I hope you die soon. Yeah. By my own hand, by the way, because that's how we operate. So my thought of that is, yeah, it's almost like not much is documented, and therefore they're not able to make much progress. That's true too. That's a really good point. They kind of run in place and cause they keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Right. And doing the same goofy stuff. And, and any attempt at progress ends up, you know, starting at ground zero again because you, you killed the guy that was making the progress. Right. Jealousy, anger, and all that stuff kind of set back in. And yeah. and that goes back to their code. I can't remember where the code is in the book, but um Oh yeah, it's near the end of that first section. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, uh, if, if we could it's, find and dig uh, that page up. Page 46? I got 47? it, yeah. Yep. You got it? Yes. And so th- th- they're acting consistently with their code. Uh, and and maybe, maybe real quick, I'll read the Jedi code, and then we can read the Sith code next to it. Which they were nice enough to put in there for us. Yeah. Nice little reference. So mm-hmm. you, don't have to, you don't have to pick up two books here. But that, um, that's, again, so that they can talk, talk about how wrong the Jedi code yeah. is. Do you want to read the Jedi code, and I'll read the Sith code? Yeah, that that's more fitting. You're, you're the evil one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're... There is no emotion. I'm going to read it in a nice voice. You're going to read it in a dark voice. Yours, mm-hmm. no. Uh, there is no emotion. There is peace. There is no ignorance. There is knowledge. There is no passion. There is serenity. There is no chaos. There is harmony. There is no death. There is the force. That is the Jedi Code. All right. So juxtaposition, juxtaposition time. Buckle up. Peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. The force shall free me. You committed really well there. Good job. Thank you. Goosebumps. (laughs) Or sometimes I like to call to my kids, goose pimples. Goose pimples, yeah. Why not? Um, That's what they say in Canada, uh, I believe. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the contrast there is evident. Oh, yeah. At the Peace very, is a lie. Mm-hmm. At, the, at, at the very least, these... the <laughs> You just go, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at the very least, a lot of these like backstabby type stories that I read about the Sith going all the way back 7,000 BBY, they're consistent with this code. 
of act out your passions, grab all the power you want, and then when you conquer everybody else who stands in your way, you'll finally be free. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how that affects anybody else because it's all about you. They live well to that code, I'd say. I I would say that they're pretty darn consistent, yeah. But I think it's... uh... I read that and I'm just like, that's a sad way to think. Yeah. But I can also see how it's very pervasive, but I can also see how uh, it's easy to get lost in it and, and sucked into it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's intoxicating because it offers you a lot in the sense of uh, you can sort of puff up with pride and mm-hmm. you can take charge and uh, you you can, you can follow. I, I heard somebody say this recently. Um, if you have a personal policy, people generally respect that. Yeah. So if somebody says to you at a, at a party, Oh, have a piece of cake. And you say, Oh no, I'm, I'm good. They'll try to figure out like, all right, what do I got to do to make you eat this piece of cake? <laughs> right. Um, have a good time spe- now <laughs> with, with me is not an issue normally, but no, not with me either. Um, Usually it, it's more of an issue of if, if, if I want another one, how do I ask politely? <laughs> people are like, Jan Solo, leave some cake for other people. Usually they tell me to wipe the cake off my face first before I right. get another slice. But if you say, I have a personal policy where I do not eat cake, people kind of go, huh. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Who invited this guy? <laughs> um, so I think, you know, they're acting according to their own personal policies. But another thing I thought was really interesting um, in my section, if you don't mind me jumping around a little bit. Do it. Always wondered about this. And again, this is not canon, but uh, in here we have a section called the rule of two. Yes. Which I think originates in the extended universe in the Darth Bane story. Yeah. I think Darth Bane, right. and, and that's one of my all-time favorite Star Wars books, and the, the name of the writer escapes me, but j- just a, a terrific, really well-written book. Um and this section about the rule of two, I think, is presented by Darth Bane, and he talks about the origin of the term Darth. Yeah, I saw that. Which is very cool. Um, and it was stuff that I'd never heard before, and again, probably didn't stick. You're probably not going to see it in a movie. It's probably not going to come up in any TV shows, but it's something that people have wondered about. And uh, basically, uh, it, it basically, we don't know, but there are theories and one of the theories is that it comes from Darta, meaning triumph over death. Hmm. Or Daritha, meaning emperor. Hmm. Both of these things are, uh, gosh. Uh, About reaching the pinnacle of. The pinnacle of whatever. Yeah. Of untouchableness and. Of power. Power and maybe, maybe some arrogance too just thrown in there. Oh my gosh, tons of arrogance in this book. Yep. I, I actually noticed that at the beginning of the book when I was reading about, it, it was Palpatine, he was talking about um, creating these pages and, and in it, he, at the beginning, he was like, together these pages unite one of the first Sith Lords with he who shall be the last. Mm. Like he was so convinced yeah. he vanquished all. Like he became everything the Sith had prophesied. The I, Sithari, it, as they talk about. In yes. And you know what? It, like this whole book is basically, it's his victory lap. It is. Aren't I so great? It, it, that's exactly what it is. All for Luke to be like, eh, now I got your book. Now I've got your book. He's playing the game of I've got your nose now. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to scribble in the margins and I'm going to write whatever I want in here. And it's going to be critical. 
I, I was going to bring this up later, but I'll bring it up now and show a couple more examples of this. But yeah. I love Luke's comments in here because as you're reading it, you're kind of getting this like somber feeling. It's dark. It's it's mm-hmm. it's uh, and it almost makes you question everything, right? And then you read a comment by Luke, and you feel like you've been found. Yeah, he he'll just say something that says this is wrong. And this is how they contorted the truth mm-hmm. to what they wanted, but we need to remember what is right here. And and like as soon as he sa- he says something, I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah, there's reason right there. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what. But that's what his, his comments really do. They like right his wrongs. Yeah, which is great. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no problem. No problem. Um, One other thing I wanted to mention really quickly, and then perhaps we can transition to talking about some of the back half of the book. Yeah. Um, The front half of the book is also full of different weapons, tactics. Oh, yeah. um, Identities. The history of the Sith is, I guess, a race. is is, You know, they started out as an alien race. Um, But one of the things that really stood out to me was... um, how dishonorable some of the activities were. So for example, there's a whole section about striking from the shadows, meaning not facing your foe head on open hearted and honest, but sneaking around and stabbing them in the back. If you can. Well, let's remember how Palpatine killed his, uh, his master Yep. in his sleep. Yes. That's the worst way to kill someone. Yeah. And, and Luke makes a note in here and this, this is what makes it especially creepy to me. This this feels very Halloween-y to me. Hmm. Luke puts a note in here about striking from the shadows that says, this tendency to hide worries me. There may be threats out there we haven't encountered yet. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Luke is, Luke is saying what I'm thinking, and he's saying what I'm worried about. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just sort of like the most dishonorable way to conduct yourself in combat is just to be sneaking up on everybody all the time and, and kind of smothering them with a pillow. But that's not the point. All that matters is power. All that matters is power. doesn't matter how you get there. It doesn't matter that you fight clean. It just matters that you get your That power. you win, right? Yep. Whatever it takes. And that's why they're never able to make progress again because it's, it's all about trumping the other one and, and, yep. and they just end up... Uh, back at square one, like I mentioned. So yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I like that. But the other thing I I, I think is kind of cool that um, I'll point out about this section and the others is uh, how they address their critics. And a lot of these sections in the book talk about how the Jedi are just trying to slander them and the Jedi don't understand them. And the Jedi are spreading in, in this section, they're spreading alarmist propaganda. It's like, well, no, you're 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 trying to take power at any cost, and you're willing to sneak up on people and do whatever you need to do. Yeah, if they're out there telling people that, that's not that's not alarmist. No. People should be alarmed. We should, we everyone should have the the right to protect themselves from. Yes, what you're doing right now, we're just telling. Correct. The truth. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to like hear that, and especially like in and even like today's environment, you know that uh, there's all this fighting back and forth, and it's not like this, you know. But and we're not going to go that far, but like. You see examples of that, yeah, and you're like, "Oh, this is kind of scary." <laughs> it is. It is to to me. To me, there's something about the a lot of the Sith writing in this book that um, I think is almost insecure. 
and like lacking confidence because they're constantly addressing their detractors. They're constantly yeah. saying, well, the Jedi are wrong about us. And we would be on top if it weren't for, if it wasn't for them. Yeah. We, you know, th- we would finally, you know, have control and things would be great and, and all that stuff. And it's like yeah. the Jedi are living in your head rent free all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they're just completely paranoid. And it's just, it's just so the opposite of the way that the Jedi operate which is with the purest of intentions. Right. Um, so yeah, reading this book, there's there's definitely moments where you can sort of see um, their insecurities and kind of like the two sides are in dialogue with one another. But um, but yeah. That's really good. Good summary of the first half. I will try to do better, uh, better on the second half, but I won't. Because, because you're trying to one-up me? Because yeah. you're the you're Darth Ben Skywalker? Man, you... you, you uh... Saw right through that, dang it! Um, <laughs> you tried to strike from the shadows. I was trying to strike from the shadows. You got me. Uh, no, I, I was actually trying to give a compliment and say like I'll try to do better that, but I won't. But anyway, I'll take that. I like that angle more because this is a spoopy <laughs> episode sippy. after all. <laughs> no, so the the back half of the book actually was really fascinating because it started uh, once you get through the rule of two and the history lessons of the Sith and all of that that you just covered. Um, you get to this section called wild power by mother Talzin, who's mm-hmm. a night sister, which, uh, you know, Palpatine must've gotten on Dathomir and, and said, you know what, this is some interesting stuff. I'm going to save it. I'm going to put mm-hmm. it in here. Uh, even though they, you know, they aren't Sith, right. But they are, they're practi- practitioners of magic essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll explain more in a second, but, uh, they, they seem to uh, have an affinity with dark magic or, or the, the dark side, as mm-hmm. they as others call it, the Sith specifically. And so Palpatine thought it would be good to preserve that. So, uh, But it was really interesting because like, I obviously have watched the Clone Wars, and I, but I've always been intrigued. Like, who are the Night Sisters? I feel like there's, there's more to them. And I, I really liked the storyline in uh, Fallen Order when I finished that mm-hmm. video game mm-hmm. of uh, Marin in there, the, the last Night Sister basically mm-hmm. and seeing that story play out or, or, you know, there at least the two storylines of, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the Jedi in that, in his name? Uh, but, but, but something with the C Cal 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 Kestis. Cal Kestis. Thank you. It's, it's like, as soon as you give me one little clue, I get the rest, but like, I, I can't get there. On my We're a good team. Good team there. But yeah, Cal Kestis and Marin like team up like these two paths of like, I'm on my own as a Jedi, on my own as a Night Sister, c- coming together. So I, I was really intrigued by this. Um, but here are some of the excerpts that I that I took from this section. So first, they talk about how all other beliefs are wrong to the Night Sisters, and mm-hmm. only they really know the truth that we are on a similar plane as the spiritual plane. The physical plane and the spiritual plane are on the same same level, uh, and that. They that Mother Talzin basically sees both worlds at once, and so they're and realizes that their physical bodies are only shadows of their spiritual hmm. sp- of their spirits. Um, and and you know, in the in the show, like she always sounds like there's this undertone to her breath and 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 this uh other voice that's speaking. And they explain in here, like the spirits echo beneath her voice when she speaks. Oh, so I was like, oh, that's that's cool, that's, that's really cool, very creepy, it's very spoopy, spoopy. To- totally. Um, but they also talk about the light and the dark side. Like they, they don't view it as the light or the dark. And they even say like, we forgive their ignorance. Oh, how so, big of you. Very big of them. Like, so they, they're definitely 
playing the high and mighty card just as much. So oh Palpatine's reading this and going, yeah, you guys speak the same language as me in a lot of ways, but you just use different words. Uh, I like the way you think, but you're so wrong. Yeah. Like he's he's just going back at them. And and he has a couple comments in there where he says, because you, you guys have focused way too much on the, as the Night Sisters will say, the wills of the spirits, mm-hmm. um, and she's just the channel of those, they're unable to achieve power. Hmm. Because that's what the Sith focus on, is achieving power, whereas uh, the Night Sisters are focusing on the will of the spirit. Um, and then Luke will interject and be like, what they're talking about right now is a power of the living force. And he's clarifying for you, like, they're, they're just using different terms. They're thinking about it much differently than we do, but we're all talking about the same thing. So it makes you think about the force in a different way hmm. of, uh, you know, this is these are two different groups that just think about it differently. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Um, What else is talked about in this section? I, uh, I, I think that's kind of cool, though. I think it's kind of cool that um, there are different kind of cultural or planet-specific interpretations of the way that the universe works that is beyond what, like, you can see with your eyes. Um, And, yes, the Jedi kind of spread across the galaxy, and they find fellow Force-sensitive beings, and in some cases bring them into the Jedi Order. But, you know, wherever there's life in the galaxy, even on the furthest edge of the outer, outer rim, are, are there light side and dark side kind of beings who are just interpreting their experience with the force in different ways. Like I wonder about that. I don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I imagine that there's more sex that are out there that have a different relationship with the force. Yeah. And therefore call it something different or think about it differently or are able to tap it through it into it in a different way. And, and we see that with the night sisters, like they're able to like recreate limb Mm -hmm. using the spirit. And they talk about that in in these pages. Like we, we are basically able to um, awaken the spirit to regrow limbs is is the way they describe it. Like, Oh, that's a really cool ability. Very cool. But, and you're, you're sometimes you read these things and think like why why wouldn't that be a light side thing, right? Why, why isn't that something like a Jedi could do, and grow, like the, grow a limb specifically, like grow a limb back, yeah. heal like they can use it to heal and they do that, but like specifically grow a limb. I mean like they're losing limbs all the time. Yes. They instead they just instead of regrowing it they go and get the uh, the mechanical one, right? Which is just as good. Which I guess is just as good. Almost. But but maybe and that's part of it. Like they talk about the Night Sisters, how they um, don't want to use technology. They want to rely on the spiritual only. Oh, okay, okay. That's why they they don't have as they they're relying more on like the uh, what the planet Dathomir gives them. Basically, yeah, that's one of their policies. That's one of their uh, yeah one of their rules. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so it's it's really fascinating. But I, I was reading some of these, going, well, why are they so evil? But then you start getting those little droplets of things and 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 maybe realizing well first of all some of the things they do are unnatural like there's this one was cool actually i was like this i would do this um they called it the blood trail and it was where you could basically um, put a drop of your blood on someone and track them across the stars they said wow so like i could just prick my finger put put a little bit of my blood on you which is just like that's weird and then i'd be able to track you huh like that that kind of changes the last Jedi for me, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. 
Yeah. Like, maybe we should have just done that instead of inventing the technology for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That I, I think that's also interesting because I, I think if I've always thought it was such a dark side thing that you kind of have to harm yourself in some way to really tap into it and yeah to, to use it. And when I was a kid, I think somebody told me that like one of the, so this was before the prequels came out. Somebody told me that the reason that Darth Vader was so disfigured and needed the, the machinery of his suit to keep him alive was because the dark side was basically rotting his body. Like, oh. it was like radiation. Like, you couldn't be near it and couldn't be that steeped in it without it kind of devouring you a little bit, too. And I always liked that. I always liked that interpretation. And yeah, so, I do, too. Yeah. And and so I like this thing of, like, you kind of have to cut and bleed yourself in order to be able to use this dark side, the magic. Yeah. Um, just because I, I like the idea of it. It drains you phys- physically, literally, in some way. Yeah. Hmm. That's That's a... Uh... Again, changing the way that I think about the force a little bit. So, um, but, uh, so, and the point that I was making too was like, uh, you try to figure out like what's so evil about the Night Sisters, and then you see a few little things that are unnatural like that. But they also had tendencies like they didn't mind killing people because <laughs> that if that's a, if that's the, the spirit, spirits that want that, sure. And if, this physical life is just a shadow of our spiritual selves, then who cares if we die? Yeah. Right. Because our spirits live on and that's what matters. So that's where like you see mm. the twisted nature of, mm-hmm. of this thinking this mentality. Um, and then it comes up in other ways, right? They're, they're big on worries. They have like a uh, three tests they have to go to. They're called fury, night and elevation. And any failure at those equals elimination equals death. I was going to say, what does elimination mean? Basically death. Like, wow. <laughs> so you're not, uh, yeah, you're not worthy to even be alive anymore if you can't become a warrior and, mm. and uh, you know, overcome these tasks, which that's got to be a challenge. And then, and then you can, you contrast that with the Jedi path book where they basically said like, yeah, not everybody should be a knight. And so you yeah. can, you can join the Jedi agricultural Corps, and you can help an outer rim planet learn how to farm there are other paths for you still there's other all people are useful in some way not not so for the night sisters i guess no yeah and like there are we've we talked about what are the issues with that line of thinking before but like we shouldn't need to talk about the issues of this line of thinking right right right. (laughs) like it should be pretty obvious like this is just wrong yeah no other way of of splitting it but other signs of like that this is the more dark side is uh like they they talk about the warriors and say a warrior's true strength lies not in muscle, but in anger. Hmm. All right. So there's a little bit of that dark side or even just another line where, uh, they say there is no shorter path to the revelation that it is not peace, but passion that leads to achievement. Uh, and, and then, you know, there, there's more comments on that. And, and, you know, Sidious said something like many, many cultures, what does it say? Many cultures have an obsession with prophecy and the rise of a future savior. If you wait for others to rule, you will never become a ruler. Hmm. Like uh, that's inter- very wise and interesting, hmm. but also you can see his motivation there. Yeah. And then Luke basically ju- jumps in at that point and says, yes, the dark side offers power, but it's power without control or direction. Those who wield it lack the ability to do so wisely. Hmm. You're like, thank you, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing us back down to earth. We yeah. needed that. Hmm. So there's some really cool wisdom exchanges in these moments. Yeah. Which I really like. Huh. Anyway, that's just the Night Sister section. Wow. Uh, the other two sections are a bit shorter, but I think you'll get a kick out of them. 
Um, there's the notes, the notes of Darth Plagueis, mm, the wise, the wise, hmm. right? You've heard about him. Mm-hmm. What, what do we know about Darth Plagueis? <laughs> uh, we, we know about the tragedy of Darth Plagueis. Yeah. Um, and we learned about that at the, uh, the F- magic flying bubble opera. <laughs> yes, we did. Exactly. <laughs> we learned how he died. That we was learned how he, he died in, in pursuit of everlasting life, I guess. Yes. So the that's I was thank you 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 did exactly what I was hoping you would do you explain like the little we know about them to explain what we ended up getting mm. so these are basically his notes about how he pursued the creation of life and saving life and stopping people from dying and things like that and it's really interesting to read because at the at first he talks about how like scientists deny the force exists and you think about that like today like there's like science versus religion he's like scientists deny the existence of the force and then the force wielders like deny the progress that science can make Mm -hmm. and he's like i'm here to embrace both and explore ways to uh to to use the force to uh, further scientific progress Hmm. and as you read that again you're like well that's kind of cool yeah what's wrong with that yeah I'm learning to create life. I'm I'm learning to do all these things that may be a little bit unnatural. Like he talks a lot about like midichlorians and things. Um, and then he, he basically talks about how he pursued these things and how he tested these things and the thousands of subjects that he yeah. tested them on and how yeah. all of them perished. And you're like, Oh, there it is. Yep. There's the Sith. It's, it's, it reminds me of Mr. Glass a little bit. Do you ever, do you ever see Unbreakable? M. Night Shyamalan oh movie? yeah 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 it's been a long time but yes and mr glass the villain in the movie is basically trying to do something that you could consider noble he's trying to find a hero in the world but in order to get the hero to reveal himself he has to, has to of... cause a lot of tragedy right um and sometimes the the ends don't justify the means but what what was so darth plagius what was his motivation ultimately was it his own glory was it his was it his own fear of dying did he want to save himself was it selfish it was a bit selfish yeah Yeah, it was wanting to make progress and again he's slandering some of his predecessors and saying like they haven't been able to make the Uh, progress that i've had Mm -hmm. like i've been able to make because i'm so focused on some of these lost ideas and and, Mm -hmm. and things and that's why he's been experimenting um and apparently he was also like the I don't know what the what it was called, but like the head of the financial clan, like he had a really big <laughs> seat of power. Okay, is the point. And and, and on the hit, side, on the side, he was off doing this stuff. Well, just like Palpatine yep. eventually did that as a politician, sneaking around, right? Huh. Uh, and so you kind of see the uh, little fruits that Palpatine took and and, and ran with, you know. Hmm. Um, but it's all selfish. The same motive. It was, I want to keep myself. And maybe this is the the best uh, example of it. He goes, I, I got to find it. Um, actually, I wrote it down. He said, Im- immortality is not meant for all. So like he's exploring immortality and he's like, it's not meant for all. And he says, I do not wish to live in a galaxy where any fool can, per- can perpetuate his ignorance for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I laughed and I was like, me too. (laughs) That's what I said. Yeah. Um, But even after that, he says, this is the scary part. Life is a resource to be exploited. Wow. 
Yeah, that that rings true with a lot of the stuff in the first half of the book, where yeah. it's like we're just going to manipulate these living things and create leviathans to to basically eat people's spirits. Yeah, gain control. Yep, all this. And as Mace Windu said, it is a perversion of life. It yeah. is not. It is not anything that celebrates life. Yeah, it's um, it's a theme that runs true in this book, and that you need a Mace and a Luke to kind of remind you. Yeah, everything's going to be okay. Yep. You know, um, I hope it will. I hope so. Well, one of the last things that he talks about is about cloning, actually. Oh. And and he talks about cloning with the idea of using your clones to perpetuate your life. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you can, uh, you can basically take your conscious and your self-awareness and preserving it by imprinting it on uh a second brain, your clone, essentially. And that's that was the key to perpetuating your life, mm-hmm. like doing whatever that dark ritual would have been to hmm. um, to keep yourself going in a, in a clone of yourself. Creepy. Yeah. Weird, huh? Yeah. And that, But that, that plants a seed for Rise of Skywalker. It sure does. Which anyone who wants to say that's random now, like, not anymore. Yeah. Like, huh. I feel like the seeds were planted for that. When When did this book come out? I was looking at that. It's copyrighted 2020 in mine. Wow. Okay. But maybe. Did you get yours before me? I thought I did. This... Like, I think they're older than that. Mine so says 2017. Up... Okay. Maybe they've been updated. I guess so. Yeah. Mine says 2020. Interesting. So, but I, again, I thought it was older than that. Again, this is a, you know, what's it called? Uh, Legends. So yes. it has to be a little bit. Anyway, the the last section though is about uh it's called Absolute Power by Darth Sidious. And what's interesting about this section is he basically like goes through telling his story about what he did, like how he accomplished what he did. Like he call instead of calling it the Clone Wars, he calls it the False War. Oh, okay. Right, because that's what he was crafting. He was playing both sides. Yeah. And he talks about like I knew what both sides were doing, so I could control he he basically compares it to a Jajaric table. Ah. Like I uh controlled the conflict and its end game. And so, and, and the other thing he talks about is like painting himself as the savior, him and the Republic, uh, army, the clone army, painting them as the savior. And then the Jedi as evil and using propaganda yeah. to, uh, to get the public uh-huh. to view him as, as the good guy. But th- this to me is such a, um, like middle chapter of a story for the Sith. Some other Sith Lord would love to pick this up and point out all the ways that Sidious got it wrong. Yeah. And why this next guy or girl is going to get it right. Yeah. It's just, it's so arrogant. It's so hubristic. Mm-hmm. SAT word. Um, <laughs> Keep them coming. That it, it's almost like, are you, how blinded are you by your own arrogance? But at the same time, it's just so on brand for a Sith Lord. Yeah. It's, that's, that's true. I do hope that, that story happens like someone else picks it up yeah even if it's a while someone yeah. gets this book is inspired by it mm-hmm. and turns turns into the next mr glass and they and they think that they are they have all the answers right yep right um the the last thing i'll say about this uh that's interesting so well okay two more things um one is that uh he talks about why and i always wondered this he talks about why he continued to be referred to as uh, Emperor Palpatine. Why didn't he yeah. start going by Darth Sidious? Right. And it was all because of public perception. Hmm. He wanted... It's political. 
well, he wanted to make sure people stayed in line. They feared, he wanted them to fear him and stuff, but they also wanted him to, him to be revered as their leader and to, to keep them thinking he's the good guy as much as possible. And, and the continuity of, I, I was Palpatine, I still am Palpatine. I'm just the right. emperor now. Right. Huh. And the other part that he talked about too was he didn't want it to look like the Sith had vanquished the Jedi. Because then it'd just be like, okay, we're under the, whoever is the, the powerful beings that can control, the, that know the will of the Force and can control that. Those are the ones in charge. He yep. wanted to, to look like an ordinary man beat the Jedi. Mm. And so it was really important to him that... It, wow, that's all it, in there? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Really cool stuff. You got to go read this. Have yeah. we sold our, our listeners on this yet? Yeah. <laughs> Some really good stuff here. Uh, but then the last thing that I, I promised I'd end on was um, that he talks about how he breaks Force-sensitive people to join him, mm. which is basically his MO and from everything that we see him do. Um, so he talks about, like, first he tempts them, then he tests them, and then he forces them to submit by committing an infraction that there's no return from. Hmm. Isn't that, and that's what you see him do with Anakin. And you see him try to do it with Luke. Kill yeah. your father. Yeah. And take your place on my side. You yeah. will not feel good after you do that and you will never come back from that you cannot unscramble those eggs no you cannot so it was cool for him to end on that and then what was even better was that luke got the last word in what does luke say at the end that's a very good question he says and this will be our last but no no sith has ever truly cared for another being i understand that the lure or of individual power is seductive but to follow the sith is to give up on others it's the death of hope I sometimes wonder how they attract any followers at all. Hmm. Close book. It's done. Like Luke is like, I, I'm going to, I've got the book now. I'm going to make sure my last point is the last word on the subject. Nailed it. And he hits it. So how do you think, what do you, I've talked a lot. What do you think of this book? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's terrific. I, I, so I got the little box set where I've got um, this and the Jedi path and bounty hunters. And I think you also have the stormtroopers. And I just think it's such the Imperial a cool handbook. Little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a cool little collection. And, you know, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm realizing that, uh, you know, I looked at it in depth for only part of it and I got to go do the same for the rest. Yeah. It seems like it's just really dense with a lot of really cool information that, um, again, if it's not canons, it's okay. If it's not canon, it's still okay. It's still entertaining stuff. Right. And, and what you're telling me about Palpatine and things like that just feels like it's just really fleshing out a character who we know and uh, love to hate. And, uh, and yeah, so really pleased with this one. Very, very creepy. This is good. Mm -hmm. Kind of like October with a flashlight under the covers type reading. There's Chewbacca to keep us happy. Yeah. Again. We haven't heard from Chewbacca in a it's while. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, that I would say sooner rather than later, read those last two sections. Like the, obviously the, the mother Talzin section is great, but, uh, so with all the stuff I, I mentioned, but, um, I, I found these last two sections the most uh, appealing and applicable to what we know from the movies. Yeah. And that's what helped it. It, it strengthened my knowledge of the movies. And, and now every time I watch the bubble opera sing, uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to think about all of the, the, the backstory of Darth Plagueis. Yeah. And know that he's not just some tragedy. He's, he's, uh, he made some interesting contributions to who Palpatine ends up becoming. Yeah. Right. He talks about the cloning and that's what he eventually does that exact thing. And, and he talks about like, like I've perfected what my master couldn't accomplish. Yeah. And 
yeah, it's, so it's really interesting stuff. Highly recommend. And it won't take you long to get through the last two sections, maybe an hour. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it, but no. um, I will set that time aside and I will dig into it and I think I will enjoy it very much. Well, on that note, what do you say we, we wrap things up? Yeah. Um, so uh, first, we always like to thank uh, all of our listeners and, and extend our gratitude to the people who interact with us in a number of ways, including sending us emails at the Starbros podcast at gmail.com publicly shamed looking at you. <laughs> thank you for all the emails, the questions, su- suggestions. We, we just love getting your, your messages and really appreciate them. Um, we're publicly appreciative. Yes, we are. Uh, and, and you can find us on Twitter at Starbros podcast. We've got a Facebook page, the Starbros podcast on Facebook. Um, so interact with us, let us know what you want to hear more of less of, uh, what you like, what you don't like, questions that you have that you'd like to hear us tackle. We love that stuff. Um, but we're just, we consider ourselves very lucky that anybody sits down and, and listens to the show when there's a million great Star Wars podcasts out there. And yep. for whatever reason, you picked this one. Um, and we're glad that you did. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if there are ways that we can always make it better, let us know. Yes. If there are topics that you want to make sure that we discuss, let us know. Yeah. If there are you know, great recommendations on books that we should read or, Mm -hmm. you know, please let us know. Um, And that's it. If there's anything else you want to let us know, let us know that too. But those are the things that came to mind. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and uh, we also, I feel like we've gotten a a bunch of cool ones, like uh, publicly shamed shared uh, a couple with us Uh, stories and, and sometimes pictures of people who have run into like star Wars actors in real life and things like that. And, um, whether it's a comic con or somewhere else, uh, you know, we love hearing about that kind of stuff. So like, tell us your stories. Like we, we, we might read them on the air. Yeah. We, we will uh, happily take them all and, you know, either enjoy them ourselves or share them with the world. But we do like sharing them with the world. like putting Or not them enjoy Twitter. them at all. What? Or not enjoy them at all. Or not enjoy them. Just be like, yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I kid. We'll enjoy. Yeah. Well, on that note, hey, again, I'll express my gratitude as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. We're, we're appreciative of it. And uh, can't wait to talk next time when, what are we going to be talking about? Maybe Ooh. we should... Uh, spoil that a little bit right now but not well, too much not too not, much. not too much but uh we'll be revisiting the cantina of terror part two part two not part two is it part two how, how does the simpsons do it is uh, it like part two is it is it like i uh we'll be we'll get back to you roman numeral two i know roman numeral two yeah. yes but we'll, we'll actually write out roman numeral two <laughs> I wouldn't do that. That's, <laughs> that's too that, much in the title. <laughs> that's that's like uh that's something you'd see on like a bad cake. <laughs> yes. Okay. We both experienced that. Can you we? write Roman numeral two? I sure can. <laughs> Roman numeral the letter the number two. Where's <laughs> Randy? The letter two. <laughs> uh uh well, but what? We're gonna revisit the Cantina of Terror. We're yeah. gonna have a we super are. spoopy creepy halloween episode and we we've we uh have some fun ways to think about yeah the you know the mixture of our galaxy and the galaxy far away we'll just put it at that yes. so come prepared to enjoy uh mashing these two together isn't there a word for that a special one uh when you mash two words together yeah and they become one word something like that that's called a portmanteau. <laughs> I knew you'd find something fun. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it's called. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I, was, I thought you made that up. It's called a portmanteau. 
okay. I'm gonna go search it right after this. I, so, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm I'm trying to find a. An I'll exam- take your word for it. I'm good with that. You're the one that's throwing out all the SAT words. Remember, <laughs> um, like th- uh, like the word motel is a portmanteau of the words motor and hotel. Okay, that I'd like it. I'll or, take it. Or here's here's my favorite one: brunch. It's breakfast. It's brunch. Night. Yeah. So this this will be the brunch of Star Wars in our galaxy. I love brunch. Me too. It's great. <laughs> Both want a mimosa. Okay, no, let's move on. Um, what uh, what do we usually say to end? Oh, man, I can't remember. Do you remember? I think it's your turn, so I hope you remember. Oh, man, okay. Let Maybe you should it's... say it with a spoopy voice this time, or a sithy voice this time. Oh. Instead of a... An, a, a if Admiral Akbar was on the dark side, how would he say it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what a question. Well, that's, it's scaring Chewbucky. Yeah. He would say something like, um, it's a rap. <laughs> <laughs>